Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Natchpreneur Movement and our limited series on the Natchpreneur Experience. Today I am uh, really keen and um, quite honoured to talk to a, a multifaceted practitioner who um, is a, an amazing personal friend of mine and is extraordinary at what she does um, in every aspect of her life <laughs> um, and creates an amazing awareness wherever she goes in the different types of projects she goes into. She's an author, a speaker, a practitioner and has a really interesting meld of backgrounds that she brings to all of her new projects and I can't wait to have this chat with you Bernadette. I'm interested to have this chat to see where it does go based on the introduction. <laughs> awesome. So um, we, uh, I, I am super excited because uh, your second book comes out uh, this month, which is really exciting. And uh, you haven't always been an author though. And I, I love your books because they have a real fable quality to them. Yeah. You know, um, I, I liken them to uh, things like the Celestine Prophecy and other, other books that have that fable that runs through it that, that really uh, you can apply your own story to. Um, how, how did you becoming an author come about? First of all, I love the word fable and I've just scribbled that down because I'm using that from now on. Um, how did I come? Look, I've always uh, loved writing I loved I've always like loved playing with words and I've always thought uh, words are very powerful so as a child I would you know write at school where you'd have to you know write the story people would do two paragraphs and I'd do 20 pages because I just loved that and so I took that kind of passion of playing with words into my study and even when I was at uni studying um, exercise physiology if I was writing a, uh, an article on or a research paper on cardiovascular impacts of, you know, on whatever. Um, I just loved getting the words right. Uh, and I always have said, one day I'm going to write a book, one day I'm going to write a book. And as I was working with my clients over the last five, six years, I kind of was like, okay, it's probably going to be your self-help type book where there's a case study and there's, a, you know, some guidance. And that felt like the direction I should go. But in the last couple of years, I've really got rid of shoulds and it just didn't land that way. And so I just kept surrendering it and going, okay, one day, one day. Um, and then when was it? Beginning of 2016, I just got gifted with this story. And I suppose what you say, they are fable-like. Um, my work are works of fiction, but with really strong healing themes. And I think the beauty of that, and I, I talk about it as almost like separate to me because they are actually gifted to me. They come sort of through me. And so I often look at them and read them back and going, oh, wow, all oh, right. And, you know, listen to the wisdom coming through. But I think the beauty of it is they're stories with very general themes that anyone, like you said, can, can apply, can put themselves into the story. So the first one, Let's Go Home, is sort of a modern-day girl um, experience, modern-day sort of trauma and struggle. And her evolution from that point and beneath the veil is probably Rora um, it's based in Ireland about the 1940s and it touches on doesn't touch on it delves deeply into 
abuse within the home, um, by the patriarch in the Catholic Church. So it, it's quite apt um, at, in the current year of the Me Too movement. Um, but I know every woman as she reads Beneath the Veil will feel it in her cells because we all know that story, whether mm. it's happened to us personally in this life or, uh, you know, to friends or to family members, even if we don't have conscious memory of it, it is in our lineage somewhere and it's in our cultural conscious. Mm. So it's going to touch people, um, not in a nice way, <laughs> but unfortunately that's the way we've got to do it too as well, to stir up the healing. Yeah, sometimes our biggest, our biggest learnings are through those, um, those not so nice and, the, and the, the breakdown feelings comes the breakthrough. Oh, absolutely. And look, that's what, you know, that's the way I approach any sort of healing. And we were just discussing off, offline, one of my daughters is healing at the moment and she's just got a virus. But there's so much that we learn from being brought to our knees, you know. Mm. And I think any cracky can, can see that in their clients if they open, um, open themselves holistically to looking that every time there is a struggle of some sort there's an opportunity to grow from that if we if we allow ourselves to go in that way not just fix it yeah learn and grow from it yeah so you touched on a point right at the beginning of our conversation about um shoulds you gave up shoulds oh. and uh, <laughs> you know shoulds are often a struggle you know they they we get the should from whoever we got the should from sometimes mm. it's from our childhood or sometimes it's from our current person standing in front of us but there's always a feeling of push when there, there's a should mm. there mm. and you gave up the should is there is there other times of your life because you've you haven't always been an author. Uh, is there other times of your life that uh, that the should played a big role in, in what you did or didn't do? Well, let's go 43 minus about three years. So for the 40 years prior to now, I was a very successful, achieving should person. Um, so I was very driven in my academics, in my career, um, because of this really deeply um, interwoven fear of failing. Now, nobody would have been able to see that external, but, you know, within myself, that, that drove a really high achiever, perfectionist. Um, and I, I really did live by shoulds. What should I do here? I should work 14 hours. I should get this extra work done. I should go in on weekends. I should be the perfect mother. I should be the perfect daughter. Um, I didn't want to let anybody down. And I never put myself first. Um, you know, I had some health issues five-ish years ago, maybe, where I, um, you know, endocrine stuff all shutting down, gut stuff. I mean, it's a pretty common story. And it's a, it's a blessing that we get these wake-up calls. It is. At the time, we don't think so, though. But... Uh, look, I was 12 months into my... I'd just finished my kinesiology study and I'd had a massive transformation through that 12 months. So fortunately, as I was being brought down, I had enough awareness to go, there's more in this. I feel really emotional talking about it. Um, 
because you know it, it taught me it taught me everything and um and I just had to start the self-care so I'd done a lot of shedding in that 12 months but you know, there was a lot of rawness and I didn't really know what to do with the rawness because I was healing and growing, but I wasn't actually caring for myself whilst I was doing that. And so I, I realised that I had to not listen to the shoulds and actually listen to me and my inner being and listen to what she was saying I needed to do. And that's how I, you know, if I hear myself saying oh, I should go and, play with the kids or I should go and have a coffee with that person I actually tune into my my inner wisdom or my inner self and I go what is the highest and best good for me and for all and that's what I do now that doesn't always please people um, but I know that what I'm doing is the highest and best good for myself and for all that is um yeah and And look and that's that's a real has been a challenge for different people in my life because when you live your life in that way you show up differently you know I'm not the shoulder to lean on for every person that I always was um some people might view me as quite selfish these days I don't care because I know I'm a better person because of it Mm. So the I, I love it. I'm all for boundaries, um, particularly for practitioners who yes. are, are running an entire life behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do remember myself, and, and you know, we still have have days of it where being a recovering people pleaser. I um, I love how you put a different word on. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> Uh, so yes, because uh, being a recovering people pleaser myself, the, the shoulds do creep in, and um, and and the shoulds come from all sorts of places, and sometimes it's really difficult. And I know it could be for a lot of uh, our practitioners that are listening. Sometimes it's really difficult to to really know whether or not that that inner guidance voice is actually you or if it's your mind or if it's the story that your parent or your teacher told you when you were younger how, just as how do how do we hone in on what what is truth what is truth what is you know you know i have so many clients ask me this say Bernadette, like is it is it just me telling myself that or is it or is that true so look i've got I've got my secret weapon, which is as a, as a kinesiologist, I muscle test and I muscle test on myself. But I've also, I don't rely on that anymore because, you know, I've, I've developed my intuition. But when I'm help guiding people, you know, it's such a simple tool. It's sit and take a breath because the breath is the most powerful centering tool that we have. So sit and just take a breath. And ask the question, what do I need more of? And wait for that answer. And then ask yourself, what do I need less of? And wait for that answer. Now, it's the, and I teach my kids this, um, you know, it's really developing the intuition. And it's what comes into your head immediately in that moment. Because what we're doing is we're, we're jumping the left brain. We're kind of, that we're allowing the right brain 
to give us that answer before the left brain's got a chance to um, to, to, to kick in. Yeah, so bypassing the logic and the already ingrained neural pathways. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Much more eloquent than me this morning. But that's exactly what we need to do. And the the thing that is the the game changer when you're developing your intuition, and it was an absolute game changer for me, is trust. Now, being a fear, what was a fear-based person, I didn't trust anything. You know, I had to second guess and walk on eggshells and, you know, send myself crazy trying to determine. And and in all honesty, our our training as practitioners, I know that you were an exercise physiologist before you were uh, uh, a a kinesiologist. Our training in in those university level trainings, we are there to question everything and everything is untruth until we get evidence to the... Doing it. So, what mm. do I need more of? 
and oh, and like, <laughs> I just thought sugar. I don't know why that's come in, but I might need more sugar. And this is where I go. If that's what's showing up, my head would go, no, Benedict, you don't need more sugar because when you have too much sugar, you get really anxious. But if that's what I'm getting, I'll go, okay, and I'll explore it a little bit. Ah, and I'll explore it a little bit more and straight away I've intuitively got, you don't need sugar of the, the food type, you need more sweetness in your life, Bernadette. And that rings true. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like sometimes spirit talk, as I, as I call it, um, it's, got a, it's a different language. And so you've got to kind of pull apart your answer a little bit. And as soon as it goes, that makes sense, for me, I tear up or I get that grab in my throat and I know that truth is there. Mm. Um, so practice it. I do it with my kids to develop their intuition. I'm trying to teach them to live from the place of love. Yep. In the car and I'll be fighting. As happens as all mothers know and I'll say right close your eyes and now who just take a breath and who do you think needs love right now and they'll go and I'll say first person and they'll say these random people and I'm like okay close your eyes open your heart space and send that person love and I don't even know why Tom from school has shown up but I go Tom from school needs your love and it's just such a beautiful way to develop intuition and that is what we have to do, particularly when we've been so programmed to be left brainers. Yeah, yeah. And I, I find that uh, many of the conversations I've had with practitioners have had them uh, notice this type of intuition or guidance in their earlier life. And then it kind of gets shut down because of the training that we do and other things. And then when we go back out into practice in the real world, uh, it, it starts to kind of creep its way back in and remind us and and remember who we truly are. And uh, and uh, my personal experience of that was was similar to yours in that it felt like I was using my logic and my knowledge, not knowing, knowledge, mm. Mm. Uh, to get through. And it was like somebody had put one arm behind my back yeah. and I couldn't, you know, doing being able to help others heal with one arm behind your back isn't the you know isn't the best way to do it because obviously if you've got two arms and all of your tools at your um at your at your hands and and being able to use them is it is an entirely different experience so um i think yeah reminding us of that intuition is is super cool thank you i think i think the reason just super quickly why it starts to come through for so many of us practitioners when we start to do our work and it's so important to have the the left brain foundation you know mm. and, and that knowledge and that skills that's so important because Otherwise, you're not grounded in the work that you're doing and we, and we need that. But I really think that the intuition starts calling to us and to go in that way when we start to do our work because um, and, and the language I use is I believe, you know, our soul calling or our soul work, you've landed in your soul work and, you know, as a healer, whether we, whatever name we put it on, we're here to serve, but to serve and to help others to heal it requires that aspect, which we can't always explain. Um, it's kind of like there's a little bit of magic that mm. is there waiting to help us. Um, and, you know, and that's, oh gosh, we can go down home. But that's why healers in the past were 
were, were pushed out because there is some magic in the work that we do when we allow ourselves to work in that way. Mm, it's a very strong logical science foundation, but when we allow the magic in, that's when we get really transformational results with our clients. And yeah. So, the, so the last question on, on that <laughs> is is around. It, it's great that we can do that as practitioners. I totally agree, and and um, honestly, it brings and the magical dimension. It brings the the goods as to and and the mm-hmm. you know to to our practice itself. But I have noticed um, watching you uh, embrace this part of your business life it has skyrocketed your business in a way that uh you know probably wasn't possible if you just used your left and logical brain yeah and look and it's a little bit of a dance that i have to do still because when i'm feeling um in overwhelm and lots of things to do like in the school holidays when you're juggling kids and and running a business my left brain kicks in and um, and and I start to go work from that place and I get, oh, it just doesn't work. And so I just get reminded to step back in and don't care about what you should be doing or what anyone else is doing or how it's meant to be done because I'm the worst person. I don't do business like it's meant to be done. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, and even last night I was kind of I, I had to do some writing before I went to bed, and what I was getting was just let us guide you, just tune in every morning and say what is it that I need to do today, and I get tasked four or five tasks, and and away I go. And if I try and do things outside of that, then it actually doesn't flow, and I have to just trust that what I'm being told needs to be done are the things that need to be done. And it's through working in that way that my business is really effective. When I try and do it the other way, I just don't get the traction. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. a different way to work, but do you know what? So much easier. So yeah. Easier to just show. It feels harder to begin with when you're not used to trusting. It, it, like oh. for those people out there who are like, I don't know if it feels easier. At the beginning, it, it, it feels so different that it might, might, you know, you might get the idea that it's hard, but it's actually not hard. Uh, it's just so different to, to have that level of trust. And, and, and absolutely, even, even last night, when I'm, you know, you're in the space of launching, like launching a, a, a second book on the back of the first book and lots of other stuff going on and I'm in that phase. And even last night when I was writing, sort of connecting and journaling if you want, um, and I was like, but what if you don't tell me to do certain things that need to get done, that mm. I think should be done? And the kind of the guidance I got back was just trust. Yeah. Support. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, a, it's a leap of faith. Um, yeah. And you know what? It does work because if stuff doesn't get done, it doesn't get done and maybe it doesn't need to get done when it gets Yes, and maybe it doesn't need to get done then, or maybe it doesn't need to get done. done, It doesn't need to get done in that way. Like you sort of go, oh, but I really need to get these bookmarks to put into the book to send out to people, and I want that done tomorrow. (laughs) Does it need to get done, Benedict? Do people really need a bookmark? Oh, but they should have a bookmark, Benedict. You know. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) That 
We are all beautifully human. That's so good. We're beautifully human. And, you know, it's wanting to do it right, but there is no wrong way. And the right way is the way that feels truth to you. And, like, you know, I've watched women in business practitioners over the years from afar. I kind of am an observer. And I think, gosh, if we could just stop doing what we think is right and just do what we know within ourselves is right for us because the way I do it is different to you it's different to everybody else um but it has to be true for you um I can't do 60 hours anymore with a family and you know all of those things and I don't want to either yeah Um, yeah so what's true for one is not always true for another but it's got to be your way Oh, tweetable. That's gold. Um, so, it's like Oprah. Can I pretend you're Oprah? <laughs> so it's, it's amazing the wisdom that comes through us in these moments where we get to have these chats. Yeah, and that's what I love to do is just have the conversations and the mm. wisdom that's come through. Yeah. Mm. So we've got one last question for yes. you uh, because it is the themes of the conference mm. uh, is connection, collaboration <laughs> and, and innovation. And I just wanted to know how, obviously, we've talked about connection. Connection, and connection to ourselves and to yeah. our, our businesses and to our practice and to our clients. How, how do the other two themes of collaboration and innovation, how have they shaped your, your business and your practice? Yeah, cool. Okay, so collaboration, um, as you know, I'm a little bit of an independent soul being. Um, you know, if I had my way, I'd be in a cave. However, I'm not meant to be in a cave. And one of the things that I've had to really work on is opening myself to being supported by others and working in collaboration with others Mm. um i wasn't good at that because i don't yeah it's a little bit of a funny thing i don't need i don't feel like i need the connection to others because i've got such a strong connection in myself and that's been there since i was a child and as a result i haven't um you know i haven't had huge circles of friends and things like that but what i have learned for me to really rise into my work is there's so many extraordinary beings around for me to work in collaboration with. And what I get from that is this, oh, I don't have to do it alone. Oh, Mm. there are like-minded people. Oh, we can share and support each other. And, you know, it's, it's it's so humbling, I guess, because, you know, it's like I've got... I've got it together. I can do this by myself. It's actually not so much fun doing it by yourself. So that, the beauty of collaboration, is one that I have learnt and continue to learn because my innate program is go back in the cave and do it by myself. Mm, yeah. So I have to keep opening myself. Um, and innovation, I suppose it's what we were just talking about, is to open that, that right brain to really um, work those intuitive pathways, much you would a neural pathway, Mm. so that it's developed in such a way that you can sit in a space and let the the ideas, the the, the programs, the new ways of doing things land with you because Mm. they're out there and you don't have to think them. And this is what, you know, I've been gifted with with my books. They're out there and they're waiting for you because they've already been written. 
that's so yummy. That's so but good. Isn't it beautiful though? Mm. <laughs> they are there. And when you just open yourself enough, and like for me to open myself enough for my books, I had to do certain things. I had to, you know, cleanse. I had to share. I had to do particular yoga programs to open and open and open to get to that point where it's like this, this channel of energy opened within me and then I received and that's innovation because you know my books aren't a replica of anybody else's themes plots things like that they're unique and they're innovative but I can't take credit for that (laughs) but I was gifted with that wisdom and that is that's how you do different your business differently and that's how you are people can be really successful in their business is to work that innovation stream because what you're meant to do is already there waiting for you. Beautiful. Just opening yourself to being ready to receive it and then have the courage to go with and to trust. And to trust. I love that. Thank you so very, very much for this cool. conversation, Bernadette. Oh, it's been so it. enlightening. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, the trust and the innovation. And we can't wait to see you at NatX 2019. I can't wait. It's going to be really cool. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I'll prepare <laughs> and the wisdom will come through. Yeah, Thanks again. Okay, thank you.